Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Time for how to when we address the sorts of decisions we don't take every day. Today it's how to redesign your home's interior. Jennifer Sheehan is an Irish examiner columnist and winner of the Home of the Year. Afternoon, Jennifer. Good afternoon. Uh, this, I suppose there's so many things to be uh, taken into account. As the first thing is colour, but it, it, when you're choosing the colour, is that contingent upon how much light you have in your house, what way it's facing, that kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, 100%, because really colour is just light. So without any light, we don't have any colour. So if you're thinking about what colour to paint your house, the first step is to think about what, what room are you painting? What direction is it facing? So Google Maps can help you there. Mm-hmm. And really, what, what time of day does it get the most light? So is there lots of bright morning light streaming in in the morning if it's east facing? Or is there that kind of lovely evening glowy light coming in? Yeah. D- or this, no light at all. This, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> the size facing. of the room, is that important? Yeah, it can be. Really, what's important there is how much of it you paint. So if you have this huge, big room with really high ceilings, you can get creative about how you paint it. So, for example, you could have paint coming halfway up the wall with a darker colour. And then you could have some of the, the white ceiling paint coming coming down the, the wall. So that kind of helps the shape of it a little bit as well without okay. it being overbearing. Uh, yeah. But would that make it feel bigger? It can make did? it feel even bigger. Yeah. yeah. Something I've seen that's really dramatic and this is more specific to kind of high ceilinged rooms is if you paint the ceiling in a really dramatic dark colour. If you've got enough light coming in you can totally do that and bring it down the sides of the wall a little bit. So if you've loads of space to play with bring it down something like 50-60 centimetres and have that as a really kind of dramatic effect and, and it makes it feel a little bit cosier and not too cavernous. Okay. So but it, it, would it generally be a rule that the smaller the room the lighter the colour should be? I, it depends again on where the light is coming in. So sometimes you can have a really small room that might be, for example, a dining room or it might be your study or it might be something that you want to have really cosy and kind of cave-like. So back to a dining room, if you do have, if you're lucky enough to have a separate dining room, not everybody listening will be, but having a really dark colour can make that really cosy, really welcoming, really warm. You might not want that in your bedroom. You might want a bright bedroom. So really it depends on the mood that you want to bring into that room. So I wouldn't rule out dark colours and small spaces, but it depends on the space and what you want out of that space. Yeah, okay. Uh, And should you go with, I like this (laughs) colour? Yeah, I think that's a step in the process, right? So if you're starting from scratch, (laughs) if you're starting from scratch and you're like, I have no idea where to start here. What colour should I go with my house? You know, the good news is you actually might already know that. So if you go through your wardrobe, if you go through, you know, where's your favourite cafe? Is there somewhere that you know of that has colours that you like that make you feel a certain way? Have a look at those, put all of those together and then put in a mood board or a Pinterest board or a scrapbook if you're old school. Try to gather all the colours that you already like and, and start from there and see what's coming out for you. Right, okay. Uh, Yeah, because at the same time, you know, you might have a massive collection of pink shoes. That doesn't mean you want that to be the colour of your kitchen. Well, listen, I'm not here to judge. I love a pink kitchen. I really do. Oh, I would totally judge. There's Uh, many... I'd walk straight out again. Report there's them to many, the guards. There's many, many ways to bring in colour. So, for example, if you love a bright pink and you cannot stay away from it, first of all, go for it. It's your house. Do whatever you want. Maybe bring it in as an accent colour. Maybe that's something that you use for a cushion or something mm. a little bit more discreet rather than every single surface of your house. Well, now, yeah. Now, which it, actually, which does beg the question in, in the sense that, um, uh, 
you're constrained to a certain extent, I, I, I assume, by the size of the room and what way it's, how much light is coming yeah. into it. Yeah. Uh, and on the other hand, there are colours that you like. So you'll have to make a decision, I suppose, between, well, the colours I like could be in the furniture rather than necessarily on the wall. Yeah, there's so many ways to bring in colour. So obviously paint is a good start and paint is a pretty easy one because you can change it quite easily. You can bring it in through your furniture. So my favourite colour is yellow. I didn't want bright yellow walls. I felt like it was probably a bit too much. Mm. So I have a yellow couch. A nice big right. yellow couch. Okay. That's a lovely way. If you love, for example, pattern, but that's, you know, you don't want a whole wallpapered room, you could bring it in through your cushions. You could bring it in through a throw. Rugs are obviously a great way to bring in colour. And then your curtains and your blinds are another brilliant way to bring in lots of different colours, patterns, whatever you like that isn't overwhelming. Right. Now, a lot of people listening would say yellow couch, love a yellow couch, as love long as it. I have no children, dogs or visitors in my home ever again. I have, how do you deal with that? I have a dog. I have a dog and he loves jumping up on the couch. Uh, I also have kids visiting quite a bit. Not my own, but uh, but friends and, and family coming over. So I would say anytime you're shopping for any piece of furniture or anything, if you're lazy like me, is to make sure that it's very easy to clean. So in my case, that's velour. It's, it's a, a synthetic fibre. It literally just wipes off with a cloth. I've never spilled anything on it that won't come off. It's magic stuff. I don't okay. know what it's made of, but I'm happy with it. Okay. So make sure whatever you have is easy to clean. Make sure the texture isn't something that, you know, crumbs are going to get stuck in. It's not worth it. I don't care how much you like it. It's not worth it. No, no, absolutely it's not. not. The, the, so but, uh, when you're choosing then a sofa mm. in the room, the, you know, you, you, there's always worry, I suppose, that if the sofa's too big, it's like that's all there yeah. is in the room kind yeah. of thing. You basically um, just have a cinema floor room yes, or something yeah. like that at the end of it. So the first thing with it, when you're choosing a sofa is what are you going to use the sofa for? So people often go out, we need one, we're going to get one, we pick one we like and then we're done. But you really need to think about, do you like to lie out flat on it? Therefore, how tall are you? Do you need a, a taller one? Or, you know, are, are you more kind of social? Do you like sitting and facing each other and, and having philosophical discussions in your living room or whatever it might be? So decide what you're going to use it for first. The thing about size is that surprisingly, and especially in small houses, my own house is very, very small, you actually should go bigger than you think. So if you're in a small room and you buy a, a small couch in it, it actually shrinks it down and it makes it feel even smaller and a bit more cramped. Oh, so you're better off actually going as big as you can. Now, make sure you don't go too deep and overwhelm the whole space, but go as big as you can. Mine, up against the wall I have in my tiny, tiny sitting room, there's only about 10 centimetres left on either side. So it's actually it's actually quite big. It's taking up most of that width of the wall. Oh, crikey. But is there a kind of a sweet spot almost where, yeah. proportionately speaking... You know, X amount can be given over to the sofa. Yeah, and every house is different, right? So I'm not going to give you a percentage. What I would say is measure out the space that you have with masking tape if you possibly can mm. and make sure you can still walk around it. So yes. as long as you can still move around it and you're not, you know, turning sideways and edging your way yes. through your living room <laughs> with a shimmy. <laughs> over when you're trying to sit down. Uh, yeah. Right, a few questions here. What are soothing, calming colours for a bedroom? Oh, green. Molly wants to know. Green, Molly. I beg of you, get green. And there's a million ways to do it. Green is such a great colour for monochrome as well. So if you wanted to go all in on one colour and, and have a very soothing palette, you can do that. So there's lots of beautiful green wall paints out there and they're, they're not bright green. They're basically a white that has a very, very subtle hint of green in it. So I'm thinking like sh strong white uh, by Fire and Ball is a beautiful one, just a really subtle hint of it. And then bring it in with your with your bed sheets, with your pillowcases, with all that kind of stuff. It is, you'll be right off to sleep. You'll never have a bad night's sleep again. Uh, are there any apps that you would recommend to test the paint colour or layout of furniture before making big changes? Yeah, there's loads. So Canva is a really handy one to pull lots of different colours together. Um, Something as basic as PowerPoint. Everybody has PowerPoint on their laptop. It yeah. sounds very simplistic. Even if you don't have, you know, Microsoft or whatever on your laptop, you can use the free Google, uh, is it Google Slides or 
Google Sheets or whatever they're called. Anyway, it's, it's all free. That's actually a really, really simple one to just measure out what kind of sizes you're looking at and then be able to move shapes around on, on a piece of, of paper. And that's, all right. That's super, okay. super, super easy and everyone has access to it. Uh, would you advise going against a dark colour in the entrance hallway? I love teal or navy, but I'm worried it would make uh, the home look less welcoming. Oh, that's an interesting one. I would say to you, if your entrance hallway is small and kind of sectioned off, I would just go for it. It's really small. People aren't going to see it anyway. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter hugely what, what you're, what's in there. Uh, if it's something that's really big, a really dark colour could be overwhelming, but you could totally balance that with something like mirrors, with something like bringing in, you know, if you've got like extra light coming in, then it's absolutely fine. Again, if you love that colour and you want to use it and you're afraid of, of, of being overwhelmed with it, bring it halfway up the wall yeah. and then paint the upper part of the wall in a much lighter colour. Uh, I'm wondering about what colour to paint my hall stairs and landing of a period house with a fan light. It's west facing. Also, the best colours for two interconnecting high ceiling room. Currently painted dark green, which I hate as it's so dark. (laughs) Okay, well, if you hate dark, maybe go for a light colour. I think for for that for that hallway, what's lovely and west facing because it gets that lovely sunsetty evening light. Is you can go for some cooler colours to kind of balance that out. So some nice cool blues, some nice cool greens. That works really really well in those west facing rooms. Um, and then for the for the rooms with the high ceilings and the dark green again. You don't have to stay away from dark, but think about how much of it you bring in. It doesn't have to be the whole way up the, the whole walls. You yeah. know what I mean? It can it can be balanced out by, by coming up halfway or being brought in through accents. Yeah, right. Now, blinds versus curtains. Oh, they're very different. So curtains are... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> they both cover windows and yeah. the similarity kind of ends there. So curtains will obviously cover a lot more space. Curtains are brilliant for bringing in a big splash of fabric, a bit of a dramatic effect. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're light on colour and you want to bring in some extra texture, something like that, curtains are amazing. They're also brilliant for kind of tricking the eye if you want to make the room feel a bit taller. So you can hang curtains quite a bit higher, even right up to the ceiling if you want to, even if your window doesn't go up that high. And you can hang them wider than your window. So it makes it all feel a lot bigger and more spacious and much nicer. You might have a tiny room where you don't have space for curtains. So they might come in too much and just take up too much room on the floor, in which case blinds are great. So blinds are handy if you, you know, if you need some privacy, but you don't want to, you know, completely overwhelm the space. Or if you need something like a blackout effect or something like that, you can also mix mix and match. And if you only have space for blinds and you want to still bring in some colour and some colour and some texture, you can use Roman blinds or roller blinds and still get a really nice fabric on that and, and bring it in that way. Yeah. Uh, somebody says my kitchen towels are brown and white. Oh, it throws my way. Oh, uh, I won't be changing special. them in the immediate future. <laughs> Whoops, we spoke too soon. Uh, but fancy painting the kitchen something other than white. Uh, would you have recommendations what colours go well with the brown? Uh, do you know, you're you're actually in luck, listener, because brown is the hottest colour at the moment. Ex- is aside from Barbie pink. Yeah, brown is, is a really, a really trending colour at the moment. And you know, what goes well with it, if you look at it as a palette, is if you think about those lovely mm. caramel colours, those lovely toffee colours, those mm. really nice wooden colours, <clears throat> anything that goes with that is, is going to go well to tells. But are you really going to repaint your whole kitchen to match your tiles? Yeah. I think just get some new tiles. And I wonder what kind of tile is, are they like shiny brown tiles? That's like... I ew. mean, the other, the other thing dinner. is, if you don't want to completely get rid of your tiles, is you can paint them. You can paint yeah, the tiles. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have to keep that brown. You don't have to repaint everything to go with your, your tiles. You can repaint your tiles. Does furniture have to match? No, it doesn't. It it depends on what overall look you're going for. So if you're someone who really likes a very solid traditional look, mm. or you really like that very clean, minimalist, you know, uh, 
modern kind of aesthetic, then it, it is better if it matches. But if you like things a bit more eclectic and you've got your own style, 100% mix and match. Right. Okay. But, but even within that, though, can you, are there rules that there's you There's a slight rule of thumb. So there's one of my absolute <clears throat> favourite design journalists, Kate Watson-Smith. She, she has a great piece of advice. It says, in every room, choose something new, something old, something black and something gold. And loosely, she just means mix up your styles, bring in some dark contrast colours in places and add some metallic accents. And that's a great rule of thumb. Okay, something black. That's interesting. Or dark. Yeah. It means dark. Yeah, but, you know, right. it had to rhyme, okay. so, you know. Now, actually, only the other day someone was saying this to me, that uh, um, he's out with his wife occasionally and they go, ooh, we need to buy some art. But uh, they keep failing to buy any yeah. art because it doesn't go with the furniture. Now, it, it, but if you see a piece of art you absolutely love, it's kind of almost criminal that you don't buy it. Yeah. Maybe you should just redecorate your house to go with it. Redecorate your art. house to go with it. I mean, there's so many rules about art, isn't there? And isn't that the opposite intention of art? It's, you know, in my yeah. perspective, the only possible thing that you need to think about when you buy it is, do you like it when you look at it? And does it make you feel something? And obviously, can you afford it? So I, I think I had pretty much all of my art gathered before I, I even did up my house. Mm. And actually, as it happens it ends up going because you, you tend to have a style and you tend to have an aesthetic anyway. So if you see something you love, you'll find somewhere to put it. Yeah, you know, you'll find yeah. a wall, you'll find somewhere. And if it doesn't go, I mean, it doesn't have to go. It doesn't have to go at all unless, you know, you've got one colour that you allow into your house. So you, you can totally mix it up. If it's too small for a space, add some other pieces around it. You can mix that up and match that up. You can make a gallery wall or something like that. If you think it's too big, Similar to back to as we were talking about the the sofa, uh, it probably isn't. You actually, when you're hanging up a piece of art, you need to take up about 60 to 70 percent of the available space. And that sounds like a lot and it is. So Mm. if you think it's too big, it probably isn't. Right. Good advice there. Jennifer, thanks so much for coming into us today. Uh, That was Jennifer Sheehan there. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. With Anna Glaze on News Talk.